0: Welcome to the Waymaker Fireside Chat Podcast, where our purpose is to grow your life and change the world. In this episode, we sit down with Edwina Thompson. Lewis Carr is the founder of Waymaker, the Lewis Carr Internship Foundation, the Blueprint Men's Summit, president of media sales at BET Networks, and author of Dirty Little Secrets. Edwina Thompson is the principal of Chicago's Fane Lane Tech College Prep High School, a recipient of the Blue Ribbon from the National Blue Ribbon Schools Program. Today, she'll talk about her decision to come back to a alma mater as its principal, what she hopes to accomplish moving forward, her Waymakers, and so much more. Let's get started.
1: Hi, I'm Lewis Carr, founder of Waymaker. And today on the Waymaker Fireside Chat, it is my extreme privilege to have the opportunity to speak and interview Edwina Thompson, principal, of Lane Tech High School in Chicago, Illinois, my alum. Thank you so much, Edwina, for agreeing to do this interview. I've been excited. I've been waiting on it. Uh, I graduated from Lane Tech many, many years ago as an All-American. So this is very, very, very special to me. So welcome to the Waymaker Fireside Chat.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I'm incredibly excited to be here as well and looking forward to just chatting with you.
1: So, I mean let's, let's start, where did you grow up?
2: I grew up on the west side of Chicago. So I ventured from K-Town as they lovingly call it all the way to Roscoe Village where Plain Tech is housed.
1: And what high school did you go to in Chicago?
2: I graduated from Lane Tech College Prep High School, which at that time was called Lane Technical High School. I believe it was the same for you during that time, too.
1: Yes, it was called Lane Technical High School. Why why did they drop the back part of tech uh, and just call it Lane Tech now? How did that happen?
2: Well, they changed it to Lane Tech College Prep. There was a shift into the type of student who was coming not only Two lane, but also the type of curriculum and classes that they wanted to begin offering. And it was more of a college prep direction as opposed to just the technical piece. You know, when we went there, we had a mix of both. We had the technical side, but we also were expected to do very well in our non-tech courses. And so that's why that change was made. And that was back in, I believe, 2000 that's when they started to uh, work through that process.
1: So uh, when it, before I got to the I had never heard of it. And I didn't know it was a big deal. Uh, I went to Jay Sterling uh, Grammar School on the West Side, Jay Sterling Morton Grammar School on the West Side. So I had never heard of it. Uh, when I took the, the high school test, You know, I assumed that I would be going to Marshall or Crane, and then someone started talking to me about this big school on the north side. Uh, I was not enthusiastic about it. It was a long way from home. It just seemed like a a lot to do about nothing (laughs) until I got to Lane Tech. What was your experience? Had you heard of Lane Tech, this, this iconic school prior to going
2: I had only heard of Lane Tech because Lane Tech visited my local church, so their gospel choir had a concert at our local church, and during that time, my uh, god sister was singing in the choir, and she had really uh, never spoken much about it, but I loved music, loved gospel music, loved teaching it, loved singing singing it, loved directing choirs. And they came and I heard them and I decided, I'm going to Lane Technology, Lane Technical High School. And that was in seventh grade. And I applied I, took the t- I applied, and at that time, they utilized our IO test scores and our grades and also our attendance going back to sixth grade. That was their application process for us. And the rest is history. I, um, and it's very interesting because when I said that I wanted to go to Lane Tech, I actually had an adult who told me that wouldn't be possible Um, You know, in the school system, who said, no, that's not going to happen. And I was determined to not only get to Lane Tech, but to prove the person wrong. So it was twofold for me. Um, And then I was accepted and I was extremely excited. I actually was the only person from my school um, in the eighth grade class from Marconi Community Academy, also on the west side of Chicago, who attended Lane Tech that year. And I was very proud to go. I had never been on site, just like you. You had not, you hadn't been to the area. And I remember taking the bus there and getting off on the corner of Addison and Western and thinking, what have I done? (laughs) But I wouldn't trade that experience for anything in the world.
1: So, you know, we talk about Waymakers and what Waymakers really are. When I was at uh, Jay Sterling Morton, Not only had I never heard of Lang Tech, I didn't know the importance of going to one high school over the other. So my test scores to get into high school were very poor the first time I took it. And I had a teacher by the name of Miss Bucks who said, this is a young man who's never got anything below an A. Hmm. He needs to take these tests over. I could have cared less because I didn't know anything. All right, I didn't know the, the difference. And she lobbied for me to take the math and the reading test scores over. When I took them over, I think it came back that I was reading at 11th grade level and my math was at a 12th grade level. Uh, previously, it was like at a fourth and a fifth grade Whoa. level. But I still didn't know the importance of that. Took it over, got much better scores, and then she said we should apply to Lane Tech. At that point, I'm just like, whatever. You know, I, it's, it's, I, don't, I don't get it. And which I think a lot of students who look like us don't understand that importance. So when I got in the lane, everybody was excited. But I was just like, it's a long way to go from the west side. Matter of fact, I think it took at least with no traffic about 50 minutes yes. to get from the west side. To, to the north side where Lane Tech was. And then in the wintertime, it probably took about an hour and a half to get there. So I, I didn't understand the importance. Do students today know that it's a big deal to go to that iconic school called Lane Tech?
2: They do. Um, I think that a lot of them work very hard to get into Lane Tech. It's so competitive. And so there was a time where, you know, if you went to your neighborhood school, then you went to your neighborhood school. People didn't really think much about it, but now there is a spotlight on schools like Lane and other selective enrollment schools where getting into those is not only hard, but it's a huge accomplishment. But for some families, even ones whose children score very well, sometimes they just don't land in the school that they desire. That's how fierce, that competition is for those schools. Like you were saying, you know, to you, you know, back then you had a teacher who was lobbying for you. I can't necessarily say that in our when I started at Lane that our students understood that it was a big deal, but I know that the adults around me knew that it was a big deal that I was coming there. So My friends, it was like, oh, we're going to Lane Tech, but now it's like you're at Lane Tech. Do you know that that's a huge deal, as opposed to uh, that experience that we had coming? Like, yes, I made it into the school I wanted to get into, but not that I was joining this long tradition of excellence and um, expected greatness. You know, that was that wasn't on my mind at that time.
1: So you graduated from Lane, then you went off to the University of Wisconsin. Yes. And uh, you, uh, you you majored in, did you major in
2: education? I majored in secondary education with in, in English with a secondary education focus. And my minor was in computer information systems.
1: So you graduate from the University of Wisconsin. Did you always have your sights set on
2: coming back
1: and working in the public school system in Chicago?
2: I did. So even when I was in school completing my program at UW Stevens Point, I knew that I wanted to be at Lane Tech. And there was a there was a gap in time before I could come back because I had to wait for my Illinois certification. I had Wisconsin certification, but not in Illinois. And as soon as the door opened, I ran through it <laughs> as fast as I could. I knew... I knew that I wanted to come back to Lane and give at least part of what people had given to me during my time there. I was offered other positions and I chose not to take them. Um, and thats I think that thats that was a conscious decision because I knew what had been done for me at Lane Tech and I knew what could be done for the kids who were coming behind me. And that was very important to me, that kids had not only someone who cared about them as individuals, but someone who may have traveled along that way, who had some experiences that might be very similar to theirs with that long bus ride and the getting up early in the morning and trying to figure out how can I stay late for this basketball game or participate in this activity and still get on the bus and travel back to the west side of Chicago late at night, especially in the wintertime, you know, during the snow. So that was all, that was a calculated decision for me, but I knew that it would mean more to, I knew that it would mean such to those who could benefit from seeing me in those spaces.
1: So, at, at Rayna, when I was at Lane in, in the court court of uh, Black people who were there at that particular time, uh, we all said that Lane had changed how we viewed the world. Mm and how big the world was by going to Lane Tech. I mean, just about every single person I know said, it opened up my eyes to different opportunities and different things that were available that I didn't know before. Is that still one of the missions of Lane Tech? Or does it just happen because the school is so big and it's so diverse how does that happen where people come in and go like, wow, maybe I can be something greater than I thought I could be?
2: In all honesty, I think that it, it doesn't, I think it happens, but simultaneously, it's just ingrained in the culture of Lane. Like when you, when you're walking through that, those halls, when you're in those classes, it's like, wow, this, there's something bigger going on than what I'm typically used to. And then when you hear alums come back and they're talking, and then when you start wearing the Lane gear out in public and people are stopping you saying, hey, you go to Lane or, and and people proudly talk about you going to Lane. I believe that there's this sense of pride that just builds over time to where you realize you're not just a student at a high school, you are a student at the high school, which is Lane. And there's there's a difference. I also believe that when, students here like the stories of like you. I remember when you first came to Lane to visit to talk about your books, the Alumni Association brought you in. Our students were, our BSA were so enthralled with the fact of your accomplishments and that you had come through Lane but that you were actually coming back. It just sets the foundation of you did it, I can too. Whatever that it is, for me, it might be different for you but I can do it. And I think that that's that's the power of it. Even like when you talk about how Lane, how you all spoke about how Lane changed changed your lives. Even when you actually say those words, the students get an idea of what that actually means and they feel it and it gets ingrained in them. And eventually it's like, wait, it's changing my life too. And most of the time it's because of the people they encounter. Not not because they're just in the building. It's the people who make it what it is.
1: So you 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 are at Lane. You, you're teaching English, I think. I was at that time. You're side. teaching English, and you know, getting to where you are it didn't happen overnight. No. So so tell us about that journey from beginning at Lane until you how you uh, you know ascended to the, the principal position.
2: Well, I started believing that I wanted to get my type 75. That was the administrator's license at that time. And I said, well, let me just go get it now and I'll use it later. And so I went through grad school while I was coaching at Lane and sponsoring clubs. And I finished my program and a position opened at Lane for an administrator and I was being encouraged to apply, and I'm like, there is no way Lane Tech would hire <laughs> me <would, laughs> as an assistant principal right now. You know, I'm young; that that history is just not there. But I applied anyway, and I got the job, and I was beyond elated. And two years into my position, my former principal. Uh, The principal who actually hired me before she retired, she came in to talk to me. She said, I don't want you to leave Lane Tech. She said, I believe that you can be the principal of this school one day. You have all it takes to be the principal. She said, no matter what happens, she said, I know I'm retiring. She said, but I want you to stay at Lane. And I looked at her. I said, you really believe that? She said, I do believe that. And I said, I want to be principal one day. And she said, you can. And here we are. All these years later right so I and I have had offers to leave um not because I sought them out because I of course in my mind could not imagine you know being any other place at this time or even you know over the, over the years when I've been asked because Lane is just I feel like I am Lane and so that and so I take that into work with me every day this idea that I get to lead the school that I'm extremely proud about, but I get to lead kids who I care about. I care about their well-being. I care about how they fare after they leave our space, what we offer them while they're there, but their experience while they're walking through that building. And I believe that my own connection to that space fuels that even more. And so that, that's, why, that's where I am now and I'm hoping to be here.
1: Well, as you said, you've been principal now for a little over a year. Yes. And and as you look forward, what is sort of your vision uh, for this iconic school that has achieved so much in academics, sports, arts, you know, as you look forth, what is the new vision for the Edwina Thompson Lane Tech High School?
2: Well, I am all about, like your, the title of your fireside chat is about being a way maker. And I believe that we are trendsetters. I put this in my graduation, in my commencement speech last year. I believe that when any Lane Tech student walks into a room, change has to happen. Because they are thinkers and it's important for me for them to leave Lane Tech as not only critical thinkers, but as people who care about their community who want to contribute to the world so that when they leave the room, the room is not the same. Because they walked in the space and they brought a piece of them that they left there um, that then influences how that organization or how that family or how that student experiences life because they entered the room. And it's our, my goal is to ensure that they have all of the opportunities they can to help shape those experiences so that they can learn all they can get to then transfer to others. That is my vision for those students.
1: You are the principal of Lane Tech, but you also are a black woman. Yes. Tell us how that experience uh, as a black woman makes you feel. And when you interact with the black community, what is that like for you? Because, as you know, people are looking up to you, and they have great expectations because of that. Tell me about that experience. Um,
2: you know it's it's an experience that I don't take lightly. So I recognize that me being the principal in this school is not just it's not just a job for me. You know, most people can just you know you can apply and you can get a job as a principal for me it's a calling and that calling means that i carry the responsibility of others on my shoulder same the same way that others have carried me and so when i do well i'm doing well for an entire group of people not just not just me it's not my accomplishment this is something that we all get to say look at this this is what has occurred and for me that matters i think that from time to time, you know, people look and they say, well, it must be hard, you're a black woman and you're leading a mostly white staff, or, you know, you're leading a diverse student body with very few African-American students there. But I do believe that my staff actually sees my heart. So they know that even though I am a black woman, I am interested in everyone succeeding. But I also know that our black students and even some of our Black staff, that they are also relying on me to take care of them in this space. That's a familial thing, that's a cultural thing, it's passed down within our culture. And it's very important to me that as I move through this that I am that I am considering all, but that I also know that there are people who are going to tug on me a little bit differently because of that connection that they have to me culturally.
1: Uh, Lane Tech just renamed uh, the field in the stadium, the Frederick Douglass Pollard field. And for me, it was just absolutely amazing. Number one, I had never heard of him. Number two, when I realized what he accomplished in the early 1900s, it just blew my mind that a Black man had had that, that type of success in that period of time to you know, to be a three-sport All-American. And a, as, as a former All-American, I know that's a real big deal, but to mm-hmm. three times. And to do it at that school at that particular time with a name like Frederick Douglass, all right, <laughs> I just couldn't imagine how did that make you feel as this black principal now having this field and stadium with the plaques on it named Frederick Douglass Plot.
2: I I mean, it's indescribable. What most people don't know is that he was one of two of black students in the entire school at that time. You know, um, and just having the opportunity to stand on that field and really channel that energy that and the and the support that came behind that push and it it made me feel as if yes we have a long way to go but man have we come a long way (laughs) i i just what it meant for our community what it meant for our students for our for our alum just the pride and the the feeling like we we belong there because i think sometimes when you travel from these different spaces and you're coming to the north side of chicago sometimes as people of color you don't necessarily feel like you belong in a space and so to have that field and recognize that every time we walk through the gates of that stadium he is enshrined you know on those pillars and his name sits on a on a scoreboard that can be seen from multiple areas and it just to to actually know that what he stood for that excellence and that that excellence and that greatness that it exemplifies something that we push all students to strive for but when you're an African American student to actually see that and know that it was done at Lane Tech it places you in a different mindset about what you can do and how you can get there when you, think, when you think about his records you know, or even the fact that he never stepped foot in that building that we're currently in right now, but his story is there, captured there. Um, and I am incredibly grateful for the work of the Alumni Association. I know that the Black Alumni Association supported it, our district. There were so many different people who came together just to make sure that it could happen. And that's the spirit of Lane. People coming together to do something that, that wouldn't traditionally be done and making it happen and doing it with excellence.
1: So, what is the current gender and racial makeup of Land Tech today?
2: So there are females slightly outnumber males <laughs> in our school building, but not by much. Um, it's a 52, 40, 52, 48 kind of match. So um, that's pretty, pretty even as opposed to other selective enrollment schools. And then for the other races, our Latino and our white students are the larger populations within our building uh, with about 33 and 37 percentages. And then we have uh, our African-American student population is at 6.8% at this time, but we still have our, and then we have our Asian students who are around fourteen percent of our student population? We have um, then there is we have two or more races. There's an entire list I can pull that up. I don't have it memorized in my head right now, but I can pull that up if you want me to. Mm-hmm. But that's the oh. gist of that's the gist of the population.
1: Well, I I am so proud and excited uh, for you as you lead uh, Lane Tech into the future. Uh, you know, we have a saying here at BET, we say what Black people do today, the world does tomorrow, because our influence is way beyond our own community, our influence is across the whole world, and whether we're talking about fashion, music, entertainment or whatever, and now we can say whether we're talking about education. So we're so excited to have you in the position you are today. Uh, this is a big deal personally to me, because I am an alum of Lane Technical High School and I've known your journey along the way. So I wanna just say thank you uh, for what you have done and what you're currently doing for that big iconic school on the North side of Chicago. And you should be so proud. And we here at Waymaker salute you. But before I go, we believe that every single person who has been successful has had at least one Waymaker. Can you tell us some of the Waymakers who've made it possible for you to be where you are today?
2: Oh, oh, wow. There's a long list. But when I think of a Lane Tech Waymaker who made it possible for me to, hear, to be here today, my mind goes directly to Mr. Daryl Backstrom, who was a PE teacher at Lane Tech. He was a sponsor of the Gospel Choir but he believed I could do anything. <laughs> He's the reason I ended up at Uni- University of Wisconsin Stevens Point. Um, he really pushed for me to come back to Lane. He was very instrumental during high school years, even when, in college. And so he was my he was my Lane Tech. He was my Lane Tech waymaker. And then I mean I could go down the list of familial connections, but. I know for sure. My family was very big on education. My mom, my dad, they said, if you don't do anything else, you have to go to school. There are no other options. (laughs) You are going to school. And I carried that with me. And I actually share that also with my son, but they were waymakers. My parents, they sacrificed, they sacrificed and gave what they had, not much, but what they had to make sure that I could do the things that I needed to do. And I'm grateful for that.
1: Well, we thank you for what uh, you shared with us today, and we thank you for continuing to be a Waymaker because we're starting this whole Waymaker community and you're a part of it. So thank you, Edwina.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this conversation between Lewis Carr and Edwina Thompson. What did you enjoy about this episode? Let us know on our social media at Waymaker Culture. Don't forget to claim your Waymaker Journal at waymakerjournal.com. And be sure to enter the Waymaker giveaway by going to waymakercontest.com. Subscribe to the Waymaker Fireside Chat podcast to get notifications each time we release an episode.